You're listening to the Gov Future podcast, highlighting discussions and insights around innovative technology impacting the public sector. Hear from experts working with and inside the government on ways that technology is shaping the future of the public sector. On this episode, we talk to Pavan Gill, Pacific North Regional Director, Northern California and Nevada at National Security Innovation Network, NSIN, part of the Defense Innovation Unit, DIU. We discuss how Ensign proactively fosters and supports the development of new communities of innovators, especially outside traditional defense and government circles, ways in which the startup ecosystem helps with the development of cutting-edge defense technologies, and opportunities and challenges startups face when entering the defense technology market. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to the GovFuture podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And thanks again for many of you who are providing feedback to us on all the things you're liking to hear on the podcast, maybe things you want to hear more of, maybe some things you want to hear less of, although we really haven't heard that much of that uh, recently. But as you know, we've been having so many great interviews with folks from federal, civilian, and defense, from state and local uh, government agencies as well. And they've all been so insightful because we've been hearing how all these emerging technologies, these transformative technologies, are really changing the way that many public agencies are, are working, adopting a of course, AI, because that's the conversation all day, every day, but also automation and analytics and big data. And of course, the cloud and advanced cybersecurity and various aspects of IT modernization. And hey, yeah, even quantum every once in a while, we have that conversation with our uh, government innovators. And so we're always so excited to have folks share with us all the cool things are happening. There's so much great innovation happening. And that's what we do here on the uh, Future Podcast. So please keep providing that feedback. Let us know. Maybe if you have a guest that you'd like us interview, we'd love to hear from you. And, and for those who are listening to us the first time, this is just the place where you can go to to hear uh, for how uh, the various folks in the government are staying ahead of innovation in the public sector for our listeners and our GovFuture members. Exactly. And if this is your first time, then please subscribe to the GovFuture podcast so you can get notified of all of the upcoming episodes and interviews that we have scheduled. We like to interview many people from the public sector ecosystem because it's important to get, you know, that holistic perspective with many different points of view. So for today's podcast, we're so excited to have with us Pavan Gill, who is Regional Director for Northern California and Nevada at National Security Innovation Network. Welcome and thanks so much for joining us for today's podcast. Hey, Kathleen. Hey, Ron. Such a pleasure to join you both. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be uh this is my first time participating in a podcast, so uh, you know a bit of nervousness. But frankly, uh, so excited to share you know Ensign's mission with you and uh, just engage and have a wonderful conversation. Um, I'll uh, you know just give you a little bit of uh, background about myself, if you will. Um, uh, I've been in federal service now uh, about eighteen years as a government civilian. Um, I've been in this role for almost two years as a regional director for Northern California, Nevada. What a cool ecosystem, by the way, um, to work in. But prior to that, I spent about 16 years in the federal government, uh, in the Department of Defense and multiple agencies, uh, mostly overseas and working on technology challenges. It was a lot of fun. I got to see a lot of things firsthand and uh, really got to experience, you know, a larger global community through my service. Uh, prior to federal service, I actually was uh, dipped my toes into entrepreneurship. Uh, uh, two partners and I started a company called, well, 
we started a company that was in policy assessment and penetration testing. We got paid to break into companies. It was really cool. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, that built upon some skills that I had before, which was I worked at a technology company in Silicon Valley and networking, learned, uh, you know, ins and outs of, you know, technology related to routers and networks and switches and all those kind of things. It was a lot of really, you know, uh, fun, geeky stuff, if you will. Um, but I'm a curious kid. I'm always looking, you know, at different things. So my first career was actually in law enforcement. Uh, I had the opportunity to serve locally in my community uh, in law enforcement. And so I, I've had an opportunity to serve at the local government level, at a large, you know, global corporation, a small, you know, business entrepreneur, and now at the federal level. So, uh, you know, it just really excites me to have this kind of wide range of experiences. And, you know, and uh, the world is still full of wonders that I'm looking forward to exploring uh, ahead of me. So. Uh, thank you for asking. Yeah, it's that's great background. And I think having all of that different experience is really very important because you understand all the different capabilities and the different ranges of things that people care about from the local level, as you mentioned, all the way to the uh, federal and beyond level. So maybe, maybe it's a, many of our listeners may not be familiar with the National Security Innovation Network, ENSIN. And, um, you know, maybe a little bit about sort of like the mission and perhaps a little more about like how Ensign is focused on fostering and supporting the development of this whole ecosystem uh, of innovators, especially those that are outside the traditional defense and government circles. Thanks, Ron. Thanks for letting me uh, share um, Ensign with you. And I should just caveat by saying that the opinions and comments that I'm sharing today are, are those of my own only, and I'm not speaking on behalf of the Department of Defense or Ensign specifically. But um, with that in mind, our mission at Ensign, National Security Innovation Network, is to solve, help solve national security challenges. And we do that by working with academia, early stage startups, the venture capital community, our military partners, and our national laboratories and what we're seeking to do is tear down stovepipes of innovation that are occurring within these different you know, communities so that we can more rapidly acquire capability to put in the hands of our military. And so the innovation ecosystem is vast and diverse. And the idea is how can we bring people more closely together, network, if you will, it's in our name, and find ways to bridge that valley of death even more so, right? How do we get that valley of death a little bit narrower? Uh, so it's an exciting place to be because, uh, especially here in this ecosystem that I serve in, we have everything I just mentioned. Um, some areas have larger military presences. Some areas have uh, greater academic e ecosystems. Um, and so each, each region, we have nine nationwide, um, has uh, some opportunities. And what we do is we partner with each other. So as we come up with national security challenges that need to be solved, we tap into these ecosystems that I mentioned to say, okay, hey, outside of the box thinkers, how can we uh, leverage your expertise so that we can help to solve that? So we do that by, really, we have three portfolios, if you will. Um, at Ensign, we have our talent portfolio, our venture portfolio, and our transition cell. And so talent is kind of what it sounds like. We work with uh, a lot of students and universities, and we basically try to partner with these university and students to bring military problems to them and say, help us, help us look at this from an outsider perspective. And what's fantastic about that is we get to tap into these world-class academic institutions, bring real world military problems to these students and say, this is something we really care about, help us solve that. 
And whether it's professors or deans of universities or you know, programs, universities, and the students themselves, they spend that semester or two really chunking down on that, that problem in partnership with that military um, you know, partner. So they're talking to each other collaboratively throughout the semester. And so there's no there's no surprise at the end of the semester saying, oh, you know, I wish you'd asked me something earlier. You know, here's here's a solution. So it's fantastic when we get to do that. So a lot of our a lot of our talent works not only with students, but we also work with our military partners. We have something called boot camp where we basically say, hey, let's get uh, several of our military colleagues together. Let's take them out of their you know environment for a few days, and let's really start to think about some of those real challenges that you know our military partners are facing, and let's start to really you know crystallize and really just bring it down to the bare essence of what is the main problem, and then given those problems, we'll take those and then start to you know farm them out, if you will, to our academic uh, you know colleagues. With our venture portfolio, we're spending a lot of time with early stage companies. We're working with them to understand. Hey, you know how how the DoD works. You know what are we all about? Uh, what are the opportunities out there? We help you know give. Where there's programs that we run where we bring them into our you know DoD ecosystem, give them exposure to military partners that they may not have had before, so they can start to understand the customer set, who they're trying to work with. It's really cool when you get to work with the you know early stage startup and you know their mindset was completely commercial and they were doing great stuff with commercial. They see an opportunity that, hey, maybe this could help serve a, a challenge, a national security challenge. You know, how can we do that? And then we start putting them in front of our military colleagues and they go, you know, light bulbs go off. Oh, my gosh. And when you look at these innovators and the things they're working on, I mean, it gives me goosebumps to just be around this brilliance all the time. And then they're helping to solve these national security problems. Our transition cell is this unique uh, capability, if you will, where we have colleagues nationwide who are basically like a front door, if you will. They're the uh, maybe the easy button for the DOD. They're the you know one eight hundred call DOD colleagues who can help you spell DOD right. What? How do you do business? Have you met the criteria to to be a DOD contractor? Do you need help with you know you know understanding you know a little bit more about some of the capabilities or tools or you know grants and resources like Sibers, for instance? What's out there, and how can we help accelerate your your business in a way that helps serve our needs? So while there's a ton of programs we offer within these three you know portfolios, the great news is that. We're non-dilutive. We don't ask for a board seat. We're here to help and you know serve you know the community, whether it's the military community, whether it's the academic community, whether it's the venture community. All our partners, we're trying to work with them in a way that uh, helps um, you know accelerate them and then serve our national security needs. Yeah, you know we were lucky enough to have you on our panel when we ran our Gut Future Forum in Silicon Valley, and it's interesting to get that perspective because we run a lot of our events in the DC region, and so in this region, it's not uncommon to know people that work for the government and you know uh, just kind of be involved in that whole ecosystem. But you're based in California, and so you get that unique perspective of different you know, mindset that's based out in California, especially Silicon Valley with venture capital and all of the startups out there. So in what ways are venture capital and the startup ecosystem helping with this development of cutting edge defense technologies? And, you know, maybe what are you seeing, especially with your lens being on California? Yeah, that's a, a really, you know, important question, because the way I I personally view this, you know, kind of opportunity 
is that if your entrepreneur, if the entrepreneur is that spark that's come up with the idea, then venture capital is the fuel that really helps accelerate those early stage companies into a more longer term, more viable, sustainable company. Um, the the I, the partnership is is really critical because while you have these early stage companies, a lot of times they're you know they're challenged to, to engage the Department of Defense. There's a, a long runway sometimes. And so venture comes in with their thesis saying, hey, you know, we we really want to support, you know, these kind of technologies that we see have critical needs in national security. So they're making those capital investments into these small companies that help give them that, that long-term runway to be uh, viable. So absolutely, it, it goes both ways. So when I get to meet with venture capital from seed investors all the way to multi-billion dollar funds, you know, they're looking at us in several ways. They're trying to look at us as, Hey, well, what are you seeing in the landscape? What are the needs? What are the challenges? And then they, you know, frankly, that's also a bit of business development too. It's like, hey, did you know we have a company that can help solve that problem? And I'm happy to create that, you know, that that um, network, that handshake, if you will, because that's where I feel our our real good, you know, that's where our space is in in enabling those partnerships. So venture is really important in fueling that, you know, national security investment, if you will, and those early stage companies are, you know, sometimes the lifeblood of, you know, their company is it's, we're getting there, we're getting there, we've got, you know, prototypes, minimal viable products, but, you know, we just need to get over the finish line. We need a little bit more, you know, accelerant, if you will. And that's where venture comes into play. I'd like to also just share that one of the cool things about uh, Ensign that's happened recently is that we've now been integrated into the Defense Innovation Unit. So while you look at Ensign as this, you know, planting the seeds, if you will, uh, that lead to the forest, Defense Innovation Unit is all about rapidly acquiring capabilities to put in the hands of the warfighter. So as we work with early stage companies and with venture and with academia and with all these other partnerships, ultimately our hope is that we can build a pipeline of talent, of capability that an organization like Defense Innovation Unit can then use their unique tools and capabilities to acquire those, uh, those, those needed resources to more rapidly put in the hands of our defense community. So it's really a cool partnership. And I think one that was, you know, um, uh, you know, long coming. So it's now uh, Ensign DIU um, together. We'll all be DIU at some point, I'm sure. Yeah, that, I think this is really great because it's very consistent with our mission that we're focused here at GovFuture. I mean, the biggest thing that the biggest challenge that we see here in our unique ecosystem that is here in the United States with this amazing amount of innovation. I mean, just think about all the innovation that's here in the U.S. Now, there's tons of innovation happening worldwide, but we do have a unique innovation ecosystem here that's powered by some of the largest technology companies in the world and also a government that's probably, I think, the largest in terms of technology customer, largest in many factors, right? And I think we have this unique uh, opportunity here that on the one hand, we have all this innovation happening in private sector around the things that everybody has access to all over the world. And on the other hand, we have all this innovation happening on the government side. And of course, there's been lots of efforts to either get the government to be more, say, 
startup like. Uh, there's been a lot of efforts around that. There have also been other efforts to get the innovation ecosystem to understand the language of government and work more efficiently. That's certainly been in the works. But the biggest challenge, of course, is just cross-pollinating, getting government innovations that are happening in these little islands of innovation, either within the defense tech community and maybe not even to the non-defense government community, or one federal agency to another federal agency, or even state and local innovation to federal government or federal innovation down to state and local. There's so much opportunity here, and that's our biggest mission here at GovFuture, is trying to make that cross-pollination happen and also motivate people who are sitting on the sidelines, who feel like they don't really want to do business with the government because it seems so complicated. Well, it, it can be in some ways. Or on the other hand, we have folks who have been the traditional uh, implementers of technology in the government, the systems integrators who feel like they don't necessarily need to operate on, say, Silicon Valley timelines or feel like they don't need to put in risk capital here when a lot of times that's what we need. So there's still a lot of challenge, still a lot of opportunity. And that's what we focus here. That's why we do our events, why we do our podcasts. And also for our listeners, that's what our membership is for. We'd like to connect our members together so that even if they're not sitting in the same place, they can connect and say, hey, I implemented this thing with this innovative startup, or I did this thing without a startup, but I'd love to have somebody involved in my challenge or something like that. That's what this environment is for. So this is very complimentary with our mission. We, we love everything that you're saying. It actually brings us to this next question, which is really what can industry do better? You know, What can industry do better in terms of developing relationships with the government for both defense tech, national security innovation, and on the flip side, what can the government do better to develop those relationships so that way we're accelerating things forward at the pace of change? Thanks, Ron. Actually, you when you start asking the question, I was thinking about the flip side of it, which is what do we need to do better as government to engage industry to make it uh, more viable for them to, to help us solve these problems? And the important thing is outreach, right? We need to help in the educational aspect of, of, you know, letting industry know that there are these resources. I do admit that when I look at the landscape of innovation, there's so much going on within the defense, just even within the Department of Defense. And then you start to look at a lot of other federal agencies and looking at all the challenges they face. And, and it's probably not a surprise, but many times, even though you might think defense has unique needs, and certainly there are, a lot of the challenges that we're facing across uh, the federal government. So there needs to be better coordination, in my opinion, with the federal government when it comes to innovation. There are some resources out there like challenges.gov, which is an opportunity to go out there and see, okay, what is what are, what are the needs of the, the federal government? But Awareness of that website alone, right, is is a is important. You know, how do we let the entrepreneurial, the industry folks know about that? While large companies, folks who've been working with the government for a while, are familiar with a lot of these resources, our early stage companies um, may not be. And that's where I believe Ensign has that sort of position, if you will. So one of the cool things about Ensign is that we're nationwide. So while we have nine regions and we have nine regional directors nationwide, uh, amongst those regions, we have team members in all sorts of cities. So we're approachable, we, we convene events, we reach out, we walk into universities with their, you know, uh, when there's opportunity to engage, we go to military partners, we say, hey, guess what, we're a resource, 
Think of us as a tool in your tool belt. So as they get pinged, as, as venture capital gets pinged, as academia gets pinged, as all these different groups get pinged, we let them know there's this resource out here called Ensign and that they're a, a, a pathway forward into this ecosystem. So a lot of it is education. A lot of it is that Ensign 101, if you will, of who we are, what we're about, and um, you know, and kind of demystifying the, the the Department of Defense in many ways. Because a lot of times, especially here in the Bay Area, you know, DOD, the U.S. government, it's that far away thing, way over there in Washington D.C. And and it's just you know, it's you know, very very alien at times. <clears throat> excuse me, at times. So. What we try to do is we make it personal. The fact that I grew up here in the San Francisco Bay Area myself, and you know, I call myself a Cali kid. I say hella and dude and bro, and it just kind of comes out. It's familiar for our for our California community, if you will, right? Um, and likewise, our colleagues that might be in New England, you know, they're going to say things are you know wicked smart or wicked you know uh, this or that, and like you know, there's a sense of familiarity that we're 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 citizens, we're civilians, we're part of something larger. We're here to serve. So really a lot of it is our messaging, our, our power to convene is also something I think that's really important as government employees. We have the ability to bring together, you know, birds of a feather, if you will, people who are interested in the space. And let's have these conversations. Let's let's work with partnerships. There's also great nonprofits out there that are doing all sorts of amazing work in the space of trying to solve problems for the U.S. government and, and national security. So those partnerships with them are also critical because they are an accelerant into a larger ecosystem that they have developed. Like similar to your podcast, for instance, right? You've got a large audience, you're engaging so many people. Here we are, we're getting a chance to share a little bit about Ensign. Hopefully that creates a pathway, a door, if you will, to now reach back into our ecosystem and say, okay, cool. Tell us more Ensign. How can we do more for you know the solving these national security problems? So that's kind of uh, the, sort of the optic I've thought about. We're local-ish, you know, we're not in every single city, but I believe we have colleagues in about 27 states. And, um, you know, we're also, you know, a one click away, if you will, an email or a phone call. So uh, I think that there's some great uh, industry and government engagement that's happening, but we can certainly do more. Yeah, and it's interesting to point out because our listenership is, you know, national, probably even global. We have some folks that are listening, especially from international governments. So it's important to understand that, you know, people that work in the federal government are people too, and they are approachable. But sometimes people can get, um, you know, a little tripped up. Um, and that's why it's so important that the GovFuture really is that membership uh, of all government innovators so that anybody can join and really understand, you know, help uh, kind of demystify government, so to say. So um, it's important that people also feel empowered that they can, you know, work with the federal government, but it can, you know, present opportunities, but also challenges to doing that. So especially when you are a startup and you're looking to work with the federal government, what are some of the opportunities and some of the challenges that you see startups face when they're entering the government space and specifically maybe a defense technology market? And what can they do and how can they leverage emerging technologies to help gain that competitive edge? Yeah, that's a, that's a big question because the, there are some uh, speed bumps, if you will, in engagement with the government. We have a lot of rules. We have a lot of 
forms to fill out, a lot of check boxes to check. And, um, and certainly if you're a small company, you know, one, two, five, 10 kind of people, you're, you're, you know, really focused on developing your product out and, you know, trying to get customers. And if we come along and say, yes, we'd love to talk to you, but first fill out, you know, hundred pages of, you know, you know, information. So, you know, we can put you in our database to then potentially talk to you. It kind of becomes a barrier to entry. But I think this is where, uh, you know, going back to Ensign, I think where we try to demystify that by having our transition cell, by being able to say, let's talk through these processes, let's help you, uh, you know, understand exactly what it is that you really need to get, you know, uh, done so that we can start the conversation. Through our programs, we do a lot to partner with early stage companies. There's a great, great, I think, vehicle that Ensign is used as by the Department of Defense. It's, we call it Challenges. And so one of the things we do is we will take large military problems where a military command of senior military official will say, you know, I'm, maybe I'm not ready to buy something yet. I just want to see the state of art, or maybe I'm working towards buying something, but I'd really like to see what's out there. And so they'll they'll give us prize money. They'll work with us and say, okay, here's a challenge. Here's a prize. Go forth and recruit talent, right? Let's see what's out there. And so companies will broadcast that out. Companies will apply. We'll work with them, and then as we work through the down select process, we end up with um, you know a couple of companies that get really good you know visibility by the Department of Defense, saying, oh look at this. This is the state of art, state of given play, if you will, on a given technology. Uh, we you know gives us an opportunity to ask more questions. This gives also the early stage company the opportunity to talk to potential customers, right? And as senior decision makers. Not only that, they're also winning prize challenges. And, you know, while a large company, you know, a prize challenge of $100,000 may not seem like a lot, certainly to a small early stage company, you know, $100,000 non-dilutive is a great, is a great uh, you know, kind of shot in the arm, if you will. But also the uh, sort of notoriety of, hey, you know, we want to challenge that the Department of Defense uh, recognize that we're, you know, best in class, if you will. And so through that process, that gives us opportunity to work with the, these companies to help them educate, you know, be educated about what it is we're looking at. We have another program called Propel, where our military partners will come to and say, we have a very specific need. We're looking for something very specific. And can you help us with, you know, sourcing some companies? And usually we have a cohort of about eight to 10 companies nationwide, and they'll apply and those companies that get selected we work very close hand in hand with them. We're uh, almost like a mentor, if you will. You know, they're doing what they're doing, but they also want to do business with the U.S. government. And we'll work through their product with them. We'll also, you know, help give them access to our military, you know, customers and say, oh, you'd really like to, you know, take this out to a, somewhere where, you know, you wouldn't want it flying over San Francisco, but, you know, we could take it out to a range in case it blows up or <laughs> falls down. It won't hurt anybody. Sure, we got a resource for that. We take advantage of all the resources that are available to us within the Department of Defense and other partners to try to enable these companies for success. And even once those companies finish that, you know, cohort experience, that Propel experience, we still continue to stay in touch with them and we continue to still be a resource for them and continue to bring them into other opportunities that we you know see that are out there. So that really, there's a lot of just that educational piece that we talked about previously uh, that are that's out there. Um, I think the other challenge is we're, we're also trying to see, you know, outside of the challenges, outside of Propel, outside of what Ensign's doing, there's so much going on in the innovation space. So how do we learn about what, you know, the entrepreneur is doing as well? And uh, some of it's just serendipitous, but, you know, some of it's word of mouth, 
but there there is certainly a lot of space for understanding what are those capabilities that are out there that we don't know about, but boy, we, we wish we you know did know about. Um, I like to you know actually just share something else. It's it's fascinating because one of the things that's happening now is we're starting to see more and more of our global partnerships. You know. Uh, in, in terms of the innovation ecosystem. So when you uh, start to hear things that, you know, hey, it's not just the American, you know, community that we're seeking, you know, partnerships with, but also our international partners. NATO, for instance, has a NATO Diana, their their innovation ecosystem. Uh, we're looking to do work with the AUKUS and the Quad, and we have partnerships with um, now India through Indus X, which is a, an emerging relationship between the Minister, Ministry of Defense with India and the Department of Defense United States. So we're looking to find ways to take and leverage you know, innovation that's happening globally and incorporate that into our ecosystem as well. And vice versa, our international partners are seeking that same kind of you know, engagement as well. You know, taking from you know the best that we have here and being able to incorporate it into their ecosystem. So we're starting to see a larger, more you know bilateral engagement, if you will, amongst partnerships internationally. And so um, we're you know doing a lot to try to spread the word, if you will, not just within the United States, but also now uh, globally. Yeah, that's actually really important. I mean, this is especially the case anybody who's sort of paying attention to the news lately <laughs> in the past say year or two there's been so much happening uh, around the world in terms of just geopolitics it's actually hard to avoid the geopolitics but you see some interesting innovations and the pace of innovation seems to be speeding up it, it may be a perception but actually it is reality that like things are just happening at a faster and faster pace in part because the technology is becoming so accessible one uh, of course we know about things instantly thanks to the internet social media and all this sort of stuff it's hard to keep a secret and it's really easy to build on things open source technology is there just so much stuff and so we th see things like ai and generative ai all of a sudden you know things that we that only took tons of tens of millions of dollars or hundreds of millions of dollars and huge resources to do it now the average person can do it either for free or twenty dollars on gpt you know you can do all this stuff or you have like even on the physical world you have things like the drones and stuff that's happening with drone technology and talked about international i know that our international partners even here on, on gov future and our other podcasts as well you know folks in australia building uh drones out of cardboard and you know innovating in that way and like all of a sudden we're seeing that and it's, it's just interesting that the pace of innovation uh, keeps improving, which is on the one hand, opportunities for folks, but also challenges. Because how do you keep up with it, either to protect yourself or to to be aware of new vulnerabilities that all of a sudden, you, you know, you might think, well, I didn't have to worry about that until the future. Well, the future might actually be now in many cases. So that's a real challenge. And I think that is sort of a, the, the next sort of question here, looking at things like AI and machine learning. Uh, in terms of the opportunities and, you know, perhaps some of the, the challenges, kind of where do you see this emerging technology going, both from the opportunities and the threat side? And kind of how does that inform your uh, decision making and the challenges? The reason why I mentioned that real quick is because, you know, two years ago, if you were a, an investor, you might have been looking at a lot of these AI innovations and funding companies. And as you know, companies take time to to grow and mature, even though People move really quickly these days. But what might have been, say, a unique opportunity, say, two years ago to do, say, document classification or something, a company that only did that, 
that whole model actually becomes obsolete. Now, all of a sudden, a new model is released and all of those companies kind of all of a sudden got sort of uh, squashed, as it will, by the uh, expansion of OpenAI. It's hard to predict, uh, both as a startup and an investor, as to where this technology is going and placing your bets so that you're early enough, but you're not sort of too early. It's a challenge. I'm not sure how people deal with it, but maybe you want to provide your thoughts and feedback on all that. Yeah, Rod, that that's the uh, that's the you know big question of the day, right? Is AI and its uh, benefit to humanity and its potential for other you know uh, you know maybe even nefarious kind of uh, uh, you know activities that could happen from using AI? I'm I'm you know personally in the sort of the you know side that AI is exciting. It's um, going to augment the way we do what we do, right? It's a, a tool as we continue to evolve, uh, you know, as a human species, we've been able to take advantage of different tools and AI is that next iteration of tools. I know there's a lot of thought leaders about this in, in this space, but certainly within the US government, you've seen, um, you know, steps towards adopting, understanding, um, you know, utilization of uh, AI and, and the ethical use of it, um, in, in this global environment. And so whether it's the, uh, you know, the executive order that came out from the president related to AI, uh, or you've had organizations like Task Force Lima, where they focused on, you know, how to adopt and utilize and, and, and manage AI to, you know, the chief uh, digital and artificial intelligence office that was created to help, you know, kind of embrace all of this within the Department of Defense. And then most recently, uh, the Department of Defense re uh, released their AI strategy. So there's certainly a lot of thought around this and around how it will be adopted and used. So just from a personal perspective, I'm taking advantage of these various tools that you talked about, right, in my day to day life. And I'm seeing how it's um, um, making me more efficient, more quickly, you know, you know, getting to, you know, kind of what I need to get to. Of course, there's still, you know, just like anything else, uh, you always have to have that, uh, you know, reader beware, if you will, is this, is this really, you know, uh, the factual information or, you know, where was the source of information that this AI was fed that now is providing these answers to, right? So I think these are going to be those big challenges about how do we know what we know and, you know, um, the, the, are these facts, you know, really facts, if you will. Um, and, but it's an evolving industry, just like, you know, humanity is a evolving species. And so as we continue to move forward and continue to adapt new tools, those tools will improve over time. I'm I'm certain of that. Um, I think I, I think the the larger macro questions are the ethical uses of this and and but at the end of the day, how will they augment and enhance our ability? Uh, is you know whether it's the Department of Defense, whether it's the United States government, whether it's our everyday citizens, whether it's our you know you know fellow human beings across the world, how will we improve uh, you know our lives based upon this uh, you know. This capability certainly machine learning has been around for a while in various iterations, but now machine learning and now our you know AI are getting a lot more prominence because you know certainly there's a lot of money behind it as well, but a lot of innovation and you know there's certainly there, there's something in the magic sauce if you will. You see a lot of companies adopting various forms of machine learning and AI into their products to make them more effective, and it, it appears to be a really useful tool. And so. Um, I'm optimistic about the future um, and, you know, excited to see where this all goes. 
Yeah. You know, we always say that AI is the oldest new technology, right? Because the term was officially coined in 1956 and it's been around for a while. It's gone through two AI winters, which is a period of decline in investment and usage and adoption. Um, but it's back and people continue to, you know, see its benefits. Uh, I think that uh, chat GPT in particular Large language models over the past year have really sparked people's interest and brought it to the forefront, and people are talking about it all the time. So when in everyday conversations you talk about AI, then you know that that technology really is transformative. And that's what, uh, you know, AI is. It is a transformative technology. So this is a great way to wrap up our podcast with asking you our final question that we ask everybody because you're able to bring your unique experience and your insights to answer this question. What do you see or hope to see as the future of technology and innovation in the government? That's thank you for that question, because, you know, the government with the variety of different uh, requirements that it has, um, you know, let's just kind of narrow it down to maybe the Department of Defense for the moment. Um, the, I mean, from a Department of Defense perspective, at least from my perspective, you know, envisioning what the Department of Defense needs, how does this technology that's evolving uh, deter our adversaries from wanting to do harm to us? And if needed, how do we use those capabilities and technologies to defeat those adversaries? So that's kind of what I really boil it down to when it comes to you know, the Department of Defense, you know, in terms of its mission and my perception about that mission. But, you know, expanding beyond that, it is how does it enhance our ability as a government to serve the people? How does it enhance our ability to be more efficient in the processes that we have? What are the useful, what are the tools and capabilities that we don't know about yet that could, you know, fundamentally change the way we provide those services to the American public? And, you know, and, and to a larger degree, how we have international engagement. So for me, technology is that tool, but the 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 kind of taking it a step back, it's our policies and who we are as an American people that drive sort of these, these capabilities that ultimately are in service to our nation, right? So for me, it's more about the larger picture. Technology is one more tool, if you will, in the way we go about serving our nation and, and um, you know, being part of this larger, you know, uh, picture. For me, it's... Um, that's that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, this is, I think, a great timing uh, for for Ensign and your role for GIU and what its mission is for GovFuture and our mission and for our mutual communities here, because uh, we're at this unique perspective here where where uh, the technology is used on the one hand to better everybody's lives and the technology is here and it's available and it's becoming more and more uh, affordable for everybody, and at the same time, creating opportunities uh, and new risks. So I hope everybody who's listening here who has interest in what Ensign is doing and the mission and the challenges and all the things that we've talked about, all the programs that you've talked about, all the opportunities, I really encourage you to check out Ensign site and kind of what they're doing, get involved and the hubs as they start growing as well. And the things that Defense Innovation Unit is doing, check them out. Their areas of focus, you know, all their, I think, seven or, or, or so areas that they're really focused on for particular technology areas and get involved in the conversation. Be part of the dialogue. Even if you don't necessarily have an innovative thing you're working on, you are part of the solution by being part of the conversation. And that's what we believe in. Just basically cross-pollinating, getting folks from one area to talk to another area. Sometimes those little conversations 
are uh, just as valuable as building something, you know, physical or hardware or software. All these things really help. So, uh, Pavan, I really want to thank you so much for uh, you know being on the Gov Future podcast, sharing your insights being part of the conversation and yeah, contributing to what I know is going to be a spectacular uh, benefit for the country and for all those involved. Thank you so much, Ron and Kathleen. It was such a pleasure to participate and uh, be a part of your podcast. If I may just say this is my first time uh, on one. So uh, thank you for making this uh, so comfortable for me and thank you for you know your time if i may put in a quick plug i will say you know check out our website nsin.mil and diu.mil these are two great portals to get you into that innovation ecosystem and always happy uh, to engage uh, the community um, so thank you again for such a wonderful um, uh, you know chat and i'm um, looking forward to the great things ahead for all of us yeah, thank you. And you did wonderful on the podcast. I'll also make sure to link to both uh, Ensign and DIU websites in the show notes. So our listeners and GovFuture members can just click right on that link and get taken to the websites. And if you're not familiar with GovFuture and you're not a member already, become a member to take advantage of all that the community has to offer, including access to a diverse network of government innovators, opportunities to collaborate with government agencies, exclusive access to events, and resources, and a platform to have a voice in shaping the future of government innovation. To learn more and to become a member, go to govfuture.com join. We've also got some additional resources for our members and our listeners. If you're looking to get additional insight and details on a range of technology that we discussed in this podcast and other topics as well, go to govfuture.com resources to check out everything that we have tailored just for you, our GovFuture listeners. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And make sure to subscribe as well if you haven't done so already. To view this episode's show notes, find additional episodes, subscribe to this podcast, and join the fastest growing community of government innovators, go to govfuture.com slash podcast. This sound recording and its contents are copyright GovFuture, all rights reserved. Music by Kevin McLeod. Thanks for listening to the GovFuture podcast and catch you at the next episode.